My name is Runika Jacobs, and you found my podcast, Strive for More, Your Best Life Now. While there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, you've taken the time out to listen to this one. So for that, I would like to say thank you. So without any further delay, let's get to it. Let's strive for more. Damon the Real Naylor is helping people strive for more in the area of motivational speaking and spirituality. Damon, who also is known as The Real, is the founder of Real Life Academy, which offers several web-based courses in theological topics like eschatology. Damon is a motivational speaker and consultant who facilitates his own workshops that cover leadership training, discovering your dominant gifts, relationships, spirituality, and personal development. He is the author of Living, Loving, Leading, which helps leaders understand how identity and purpose are correlated, distinguish among the various types of supporters, identify the six regions of giftedness, recognize different leadership styles, analyze the various laws for leading, and so much more. In this episode, he will explain what eschatology is and share the importance of being a leader with a clear vision of heart and not Hi, Daryl. Welcome. Thank you so much for being a guest on my show. How are you? I am blessed, and I thank you so much, Ronika, for having me. I'm so excited, and I can't wait to just chat with you and share some information and insight with your listeners. Just thanks so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Yes, yes. No, I can't thank you enough. Okay, so I'm going to get the heavy hitter out of the way. I'm doing the research (laughs) for your episode. (laughs) And I came yeah. across this word. I didn't even really, I didn't even know if I was spelling it right or saying it right. And I thank you for helping uh-huh. me to pronounce it correctly. So eschatology, what in the world yeah. is that? <laughs> <laughs> that huge word is just simply referring to what's called end time or final events of this age. And it covers some of the following concepts, the Antichrist and the false prophet, the mark of the beast the great, great Tribulation period, the Day of Redemption, the Battle of Armageddon, then the Millennial Reign, which is what the thousand-year reign of Christ and the saints on the earth, a thousand years of peace, and then eternity, of course, which will be Gehenna, the Lake of Fire and Brimstone, and then New Jerusalem or Heaven on Earth. And that's what eschatology, that big word, means. It, it's just talking about dealing with the final events of this age, Many of them are current in what's called the final prophetic week or the last seven years, and then dealing with the millennium and the millennial reign and then um, eternity itself. But, yes, that's what that huge word, that, that fancy word means. 
Awesome. Thank you for clearing that up. And you have a couple of courses on your website, too, that people can take, correct? Correct, correct. Yes, excellence in eschatology, and we have different forms of that, the basic, intermediate, and advanced. And they all coincide with my book, Revelation Rightly Revealed. And so, you know, they go hand in hand teaching those different concepts that I just mentioned. We cover those things. As a matter of fact, there's 14 concepts that you find in the book of Revelation that we cover in our book and also in those courses. Mm, Wonderful. Well, I hope people definitely check your courses out if they are interested in that, especially now when sometimes you do feel like it's the end of days (laughs) happening. Oh, yes, yes. Yes, a lot going on. And as I always tell people, I think what makes this time period so close and it it just is just evident that it's imminent is because there are so many puzzle pieces of prophecy that are present, and it's just a matter of them coming together to make the complete whole picture. But, yes, we we are getting close to the end. (laughs) We are. So as humans, we have our own formed opinions. We judge, unfortunately. (laughs) And sometimes (laughs) it's highly religious people who preach, you know, and say we have to love one another and respect one another, but sometimes they often seem to be the most judgmental and the most biased. Yeah. So. Yeah. Why do you think people, in your opinion, why do you think people tend to be so judgmental? Well, one of the main things you said was the religious people, and the key is that they are religious as opposed to spiritual. This means they're all about the routine, and they know the Bible in most cases. They know the book, but the problem is they don't know the author, which is the Lord and the Holy Spirit. And so they are more concerned with legalism, the rules and regulations, and they're not concerned about, you know, love, respect, and bearing the fruit of the Spirit or just having that close relationship, that intimacy with God. Because once you get to that place, it will cause you to not be so judgmental and harsh and critical of others. But when you're just all about the Word in itself and not really having a relationship with God and just all about routine, attending church, and who's doing right, who's doing wrong, then you have that type of mind frame because it's kind of it comes with the spirit of pride, and so it really takes humility to not be judgmental, to overlook people's faults, and to accept them as they are. As they are, as the song says, you, you know, you can't have a rose without the thorns, and just accepting people's strengths as well as their weaknesses and embracing them just as they being, like you said, as a human being with with strengths and weaknesses, you know, flaws and shortcomings, but also greatness, and we just have to have that mind frame. But that's why you, you, you tend to see it in a lot of leadership and especially religious people is because they feel as though they know the Bible, they, they know a lot, and they feel as though they can tell, you know, a person, you shouldn't do this, you should do that, which we, we're supposed to model and, and be an example of it, but we, we, we need to do it in love. But, yes, I think that's why a lot of people in the religious arena, especially leadership, is so critical at times. Wonderful. Thank you for that. You know, another area that I, one of the things that I struggle with often um, is, you know, paying attention to criticism. And I know that you shouldn't pay attention to criticism. And I know people say, let your haters be your motivators, (laughs) you know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know, but oftentimes, you know, the judgment of others can prohibit us from pursuing activities. So, you know, without... Um, you know, without ignoring the faith that you, and the confidence that you have in yourself, 
Yeah. What is the best way that you can push past those naysayers or those people that stop you from pursuing your passion and purpose? Well, as you say, we're humans, number one, and I think one thing that sometimes gets you is when it blindsides you. Sometimes I'm prepared for criticism, and I have my guard up, and I'm ready, but I think it's those times when I'm not looking, I'm not expecting it, and it just slaps me, and those are the, the hardest times. But my advice is always, first of all, get to know God and have, an, have a personal relationship with him, and then get to know yourself. And that way you know whatever you're doing is authorized and supported by God, and it doesn't matter who opposes it because when heaven is backing you, when the creator of the universe is authorizing you and giving you this, has given you this purpose, this, this assignment, this objective, then it doesn't matter who opposes it because, you know, in, 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 in actuality they're opposing heaven, they're opposing God when they oppose you when you're fulfilling the will of God and you're truly fulfilling your divine purpose. And that's why I, I think it's critical that you have that personal relationship with God, whereas he can speak to you, he can show you and direct you, and that way you have that confidence and that assurance that you are doing exactly what you were created to do. And once you get to that place of confidence, and just knowing that, hey, I'm doing exactly what God is to, has told me to do. I'm, I'm feeling the specifics of the will of God, the personalized, individualized will of God for my life. And once you get to that place, it's, it's hard. I mean, it's easier to, to uh, resist the naysayers and to put your blinders on and basically stop your ears up and not even pay attention to the negative things that, and the opposition that you face. Yes, yes. Well, I'll have to work on putting my blinders up. <laughs> <for sure. laughs> yeah, yeah, now, you have to. you got to protect yourself. Most definitely, most definitely. Put on your armor, and I, and I know that God's got <laughs> me, that's for sure. All right, yeah. so you speak on leadership, and you talk to many, yeah. many leaders. And yeah. but as we know, being a leader is is a big job and it has lots of responsibilities and people look at leadership in different ways but most often um leadership everybody understands that leadership having a leadership role is is a big job and it with lots of responsibility so yeah. when it comes yeah. to a person who is in leadership as a christian for you what does that look like most importantly, it's servanthood because Jesus taught that whoever is greatest among you, let them be the greatest servant. So I even said it in my book on the cover, you know, what if I told you leadership is not about who's filing behind you, but about who's standing before you. And it's not about just getting a whole group of people to follow behind you, uh, sing your praises, pump your head up and say, oh, you're the best and you're the greatest. No, it's sort of all about getting, you know, seeing the people who are in front of you and who God has given you a platform to minister, to speak, and to influence their lives. That's who it's all about, serving them and not just trying to gain this following. And what, what happens, a lot of Christians don't even understand the concept. When you analyze the Bible, of course, you have the Old Testament and New Testament. And what many are going by is the Old Testament form of leadership, which would be the Mosaic form whereas he sat on basically the judgment seat and he delegated the authority to the different leaders and stuff, and, you know, they did most of the work, all right, and he had a whole bunch of people following him. But then when you, when you transition into the New Testament and we look at Jesus, 
he only chose 12 who followed him closely, but he, he served the most even among them. He did the most work. And so he exemplified and illustrated the concept of the new model of leadership that he wanted us to follow. But so many people, they prefer that Old Testament leadership where they have millions of people following them, and they just say that this one go, they say that this one come, but Jesus said, hey, that's not how I want you to do leadership here with this New Testament. I want you to be the servant. And the way you can identify the leader typically is the one who is serving the most. It's not about the title, but who's putting the most work in, who's showing up early and leaving late. Mm, I see that. I see that. It's definitely the servanthood. I understand that yeah. concept. Okay, so you yeah. talk about influence and its importance for leadership. So how does one lead in a way that does not come across as deceptive or manipulative? Because sometimes when people feel like, you know, you're trying to influence them, you're trying to make them change, you're trying to change yeah. their thinking, and they yeah. feel sometimes like, okay, wait, you're trying to deceive me, you're trying to manipulate me. Uh, <laughs> um, so so yeah. how does a leader lead without making people feel like that? The key is being honest, being transparent, and having integrity, and integrity is that, that trustfulness that even what you're doing when you're away from everybody else, when you're in the dark, when you're by yourself, is that you're being consistent. You're still being true to your core values. You have that self-discipline, and you're just truthful with yourself. So before you can actually be truthful with others, you must first be truthful to yourself. And people who are deceivers and manipulators, they actually have to deceive themselves and manipulate themselves first. And my thing is, if you, you know, if you know your core values, and I say that, you have to let everything emanate from those pillars of your soul. Just knowing what you stand for, who you are, and displaying that, not lying, not manipulating people, and allowing people grace and space to really be who they are. I think a lot of leaders try to deceive and coerce people into doing what they want them to do for them. But as I said earlier, leadership is all about helping others to find themselves, placing them in position to prosper and succeed, and just giving them support and encouragement, giving them that direction and inspiration and, and education and helping them to develop into who and what God has called them to be. And like I was talking about earlier, not just trying to get you people who are going to do your work for you, but no, you're supposed to, we're supposed to empower people and make them be the best version of themselves that they can be and not just our best slaves and supporters and followers. Mm, I understand that. that. That makes so much sense. And I do understand that as a leader, it's really about growth and growth on all sides, yeah. growth um, for yeah. others and then growth within yourself also. I always tell people, especially in, in the Christian realm, that, you are your ministry, and so however far you go, that's how far the ministry will grow and go. But if you don't grow, if you don't go anywhere, then the people you are leading and trying to influence, they won't go and they won't grow anywhere. So it's all about you, as you stated, and your growth, and then you will be able to help others to grow because you know the principles of it and you exemplify it yourself. Yeah. Yes, leading, growing, going, love it, love it all. Okay, so... Leading with love. So what does that look like, and why should leaders lead with love? Because lots of times some people say, you know, sometimes you got to lead with an iron fist, and, and you know, it can't all be about love. 
So, and then uh-huh. how, you know, if, you, if you're too much of an empathic or empathetic leader, you know, people will take advantage yeah. of your leadership and they won't respect you. So yeah. how can you lead with love and still be, you know, but still lay down the law and have your structure in place because you need that. So what does that look like? Yeah. I always teach people, and as a parent educator currently, it's something we deal with called assertive parenting, and so we can apply it to leadership, assertive leadership. And you have the spectrum. On one end, you have the passivity. On the other end, you have the aggression. So assertiveness is that balance, striking that balance between not being too passive but not being too aggressive. In other words, it's, it's being firm but fair. It's being organized as it's having routines, but it's also about being flexible and not being overbearing. And I quote myself, I say, have the mind of a leader but the heart of a follower. And this means that we have to think, reason, see as leaders, but we have to feel. We have to be gracious. We have to be patient. Like you say, we have to be empathic. We have to be sympathetic. And we have to be forgiving as leaders. And I think if we incorporate those things in, then people will willingly follow us, and you won't have to force them and and be aggressive and mean and all of that. I think it's all about, too, just being a man and woman of your word. You know, your word has to be your bond. And when you say something, you follow through. You say you're going to do it, you do it. And as you do that, it's going to be a respect, and people just know, okay, what he or she says, they're going to do it. So, you know, by default, it generates that respect in people and they're going to willingly follow you and do what you ask of them. But I think it's all about feeling your people and feeling for your people. And as you stated, when you rule with that, that iron fist, then you basic, you're basically being numb. And what, what empathy does is causes you to walk in a person's shoes. And if, if, if you wouldn't want that treatment as, as a follower, why would you give it to others? And that's what we have to constantly ask ourselves and constantly do self-examination to make sure that we're leading with, with feelings and hearting and being considerate of the people. Yes, I love it. Leading by walking alongside people. I love that. Okay, you have a book, Living, Loving, Leading. So what led you to write this book? As I always state, divine inspiration. It basically came out of nowhere and prayer and consecration. I was actually on my own working on another future book, and just out of nowhere, God just dropped this one in my spirit. But it came from that divine inspiration as well as my lifetime experience in a variety of leadership positions. I've served in so many leadership positions. Ironically, just yesterday, I was my wife and I, we were just talking about the different positions I've had. Just as a teacher, when I was in college, I was a resident assistant. I was over the, the campus ministry at my, my former church. I was one of the ministers. I was over the outreach ministry, the prayer team, you name it. Um, having my own record label, owning my own janitorial business, you know, doing consultant work and coaching now, workshops, all of that, and just serving in all of those different positions. And also as an educator, um, it just it just all of the, the knowledge and wisdom and experience and insight I had I just, God just, just uh, helped me to bring it all together and just, uh, you know, culminate all of that information into to one solid, powerful book because we're all doing it, whether we admit it or not. All of us are living. All of us are loving something, and we're leading people somewhere, whether it's the right direction or the wrong. All of us are living, loving, leading. 
And I think it's a book that resonates with a wide audience, a wide array of people. It's good for leaders, but also people who just are, who are just trying to find their way. You know, I give a lot of information about finding your who and fulfilling your what, or you know, finding your purpose and your identity. But uh, yes, that's what motivated me there. Wonderful. Well, Damon, I hate to say this, but our time is up, man. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. Crazy. Okay, so I have one last question. And each of my okay. guests, I, I like to ask a question that has nothing to do with the, the topic that we've been talking about. <laughs> However, um, it's always interesting to learn little things about my guests. So my question to you is, if money wasn't a factor, what would your dream vacation be? Okay, now this one is going to be funny because it's really attainable, and I, I would definitely do this one day prayerfully, you know, hopefully things will get back to a little better circumstances, you know, despite what we're going through now. But uh, my dream vacation would actually be to go to, like, Hawaii and for a month, stay at Hawaii for an entire month. I know that's what my wife wants me to take her. But just to go for a month, not just a week or not just a weekend, whatever, but uh, for an entire month, just vacation in beautiful Hawaii. That that's, that will be my dream vacation. But it's going to happen <laughs> in Jesus' name. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah, a, a vacation in paradise, a whole month, yeah. <laughs> that would be really I nice. I know that's right. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Well, look, <laughs> I, I'm going to encourage you because I think that would be great for your wife. So I'm going to put my my yeah. encouragement out there <laughs> for you guys. Thank you, thank to you. Make sure that <laughs> yes, <laughs> well, yes, thank real, you. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you. Can you do me a favor? Can you let everyone know how they can purchase a copy of your book? Actually, you have several books. Or purchase a copy of any of your books or book you to speak. Okay. Okay, just go to Amazon.com as far as the books. Revelation Rightly Revealed is there and Living, Loving, Leading. I also have an actual site called livinglovingleading.net. And uh, as far as booking, you can go to that site as well, Living, Loving, Leading. Or my most comprehensive site is The Real, D-A-R-I-L dot O-R-G. And you can just leave me a message there and we could get with you to set that up. But, yes, those are the places as far as the book to purchase the book, and then just to be able to contact me, you can go through any of those websites. Wonderful. Thank you. Any last words yeah, of encouragement you. for the listeners as they strive for more? Just love God, love yourself, love others. That's what it's all about. You know, live that life that you know God has intended and created you to live. Live uh, in an unashamed manner also. Be confident, be bold. Be courageous and just, you know, fulfill the will of God that he's giving you and the instructions he's giving you. Well, Darrell, thank you so much for your time. I wish you and your family nothing but blessings and abundance in the future. You are such a wonderful person. Thank you. thank you for striving for more. Thank you for sharing to the world how you are striving for more. And just thank you for being a servant leader yourself and helping people. Take care. Amen. Thank you so much. Many leaders have felt lost, confused, and uncertain the last few months. They are balancing compassion and command at an unprecedented rate. If you are a leader, you are trying not to worry, all the while trying to maintain productivity while the future is uncertain. Remember, it is okay to ask for support and help from those that follow you. 
your team is a reflection of you. So if you support them, then they will support you. As Daryl said, try to lead with love. Have you told someone about this podcast? I encourage you to tell at least three people this week about this podcast. You can say, I listened to this great podcast called Strive for More. You should search for it on Spotify or Pandora. Thank you so much for listening. Continue to strive for more and live your best life now. See you in the next episode.